Welcome to Wisdom Plug Podcast with your host, Yemi Davids. The wiser you are, the better you live. When God began uh, training me, there was one part infused, and that is the part of speed. I, I never thought that can ever work, but God began to explain to me over the years the place of speed. The first one is about restoration. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, um, the prophet Joel said, and I will restore to you the years. So at times in our journey, we miss God. We miss out on seasons. We miss out on timings. We make mistakes, and the devil comes to steal to kill. The devil has a way of stealing people's time. There are people that Satan can just take out five years out of their life. You know, what should be happening maybe in 2022 is not just even showing up at all. They are in 2022, but they are living the life of 1998. Some are supposed to be, as it were, in chapter five of their lives, but they're in chapter two. Something just went wrong. The devil comes to steal times and seasons. And the Holy Spirit said, when I want to restore people, I need the covenant of speed. So when it comes in like that, with the power of speed, it just, you know, blocks the time. And then that number of seasons, the number of time that person had missed, just, just covers it up. That's where you must believe in speed. And then God always demonstrates speed to show his power. That is not a man. I remember the story in Cana of Galilee where they said the wine had finished. Obviously, they could have gone to the market, isn't it? And then uh, rushed to the market to get another set of wine, some barrels as they used in those days. But that would have taken a lot of time. All the guests would have left. And Jesus' mother said to him, okay, they need a miracle here. In fact, Jesus said it wasn't the time. But the mother insisted. And there was speed. What could have taken them maybe 10 hours happened, bam, like that. So I'm praying that God will give you speed. Amen. That whatever you had missed over the years, the last five years, the, like, the last seven years, that this covenant of speed would help you experience restoration Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 17 verse 24. Speed also represents the supernatural hand of God. This particular scripture helps me a lot. When they asked Jesus, can, we, can I have that on the screen? Um, Matthew 17, 24. Thank you. After Jesus and disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? <laughs> Verse 25. Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think? Uh, Simon, he asked, from whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? 26. From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. Verse 27. But so that we may not cause offense, <laughs> go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch. Open its mouth and you will find Four drachma. Didn't they two, right? Four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. And the Holy Spirit said, look at that. That is speed. Normally, you go to fish and fish all night. You could have just, you know, been fishing and getting all the baskets and then opening their mouths one by one. But Jesus said, the first fish. You will not waste time. Say amen if you believe that. You will not waste resources. The first fish, the first client, the necessary opportunity, the first date. Not trying this guy, that guy, that lady, that the very. I can imagine Peter getting to the waters and then boom, you know, and then the first one opened his mouth and then that is speed. In your business, we have speed. In your careers, we have speed. Maritally, you will experience speed in the name of Jesus Christ. And then the natural sequence of things. I, I came in from Ontario yesterday, and I was just imagining if you had to walk from here to Ontario, can you even do it? 
How many days will it take you? Okay, take a bus or drive. How many hours? Anybody from here to Toronto? 12 hours. Nine hours. Fine. But by air, one hour plus. Which one do you prefer? They're all available. You can walk. <laughs> Perhaps you can, you can drive. Some people like drive, which is fine. But nine hours is no joke. I do a lot of work on the plane, and I, I, know, I know how. I, in fact, I enjoy flying because that's one time nobody calls you. As a leader, we get a lot of calls every time. That moment is heavenly. Wow. I can think. One and a half hours by flight from here to another nation. I came from Nigeria some, uh, last week. If you want to walk <laughs> or drive. But you can fly. I think you should choose to fly. To soar like the eagle. But I, I also saw that the cost is not the same. There's a price to pay for speed. And that's what this session would help us see. The same, I mean, you fuel your vehicle, you drive for nine hours. When I say cost, it's not just about the monies for the fuel. The, you're driving, right? It's a lot of work on your vehicle. When you're flying, it's different. But the cost is different. Or the price, what do you call it? So we have to pay the price. This is where you translate the, the things we've been learning into practical deliveries. You have to pay the airfare, isn't it, to fly? So I'll talk about seven things that would help us walk in speed. I'll just run through them. Uh, some of them have been dealt with in the various sessions. Some, I think the Holy Spirit will have me stay on it. The very first thing I learned about speed is purity of motive. Many times people are asking for, oh Lord, do a quick walk, but with the wrong motive, it will not work. Why do you want speed? For, for ministers of the gospel, there are times, you know, we pray, Lord, I want to grow fast. I want to, you know, you're a business person, I want to make more money. But only the Holy Spirit knows the motive. Motive means the reason for. Until the motive is clear and properly aligns with God's agenda, that prayer will not just flow. And many people are experiencing some slow motion now because the Holy Spirit is working on them until, you know, Anna was asking God for a child. If you, if you check the background of the story, the other wife, what was her name? Penina. She used to mock her, you know. Ah, look at you, barren woman. And then that can be your prayer point just to measure up. Do you understand that? Just so that Penina can know that I can also have children. God doesn't work on those things. So uh, let me have my own husband so that my ex can know that I can marry. <laughs> let, 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 let me get this better job so that where they, they, you know, like fired me, then I can talented and give. God doesn't do those things. Let our church grow and double in size so that that pastor that, mis- that treated me badly in that conference can know that we too can grow. Those things are not said, but they are said in the heart. James, I think, 4.3. James 4.3. So you have to clear that it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with what? That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If you can help me with, uh, I think, is it the passion translation, any of those ones, you know, yeah, and uh, uh, TPT. NIV is when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that is your, your pleasures. Any other version, like TPT, can get TPT. So your motives matter. Why do you want to get married so fast? Why do you want to make so, so, so much money? Why do you want your church to grow? Why, why, do you want, why, why do you want that speed? So one day, I, you know, and I've been praying for that child, praying and praying, and then one day, there was alignment. He said, okay, okay, okay. If you give me a man child, I will give him to you. That's a sacrifice. A woman that had no children. And then you are saying, when you give me this one, I will just abandon him in the temple. It's like not having a child. 
And in those days, it's not like where we have church here, maybe on your street, you drive 30 minutes or 20 minutes. They travel to that place, you know, to do their annual uh, conference, so to say. So she was to be seeing the child maybe once in a year. And unknown to her, God was looking for a prophet because the sons of Eli were misbehaving. You know those two guys, Phinehas and something. They were misbehaving. So God was already looking for another person to replace them. So Anna just said, okay, if you give me a man child, I will give him to you. Oh, yes. Yes, it's an alignment. And then what she'd been praying for, for years, happened. You need to work on your motives. In fact, that person that jilted you, spend more time praying for them. And then you will have speed. There are many things when I'm asking God over the years, he will first have to treat you first. You know, David, I mean, Joseph had to be treated first. That this prime ministership, this greatness I've shown you, is not to punish your former brothers or your brothers. It's not to, to, to compete with them and prove that, ah, don't you abandon me. God will show you. God drained bitterness from him first. Before he became that great leader. So that's an area that, and it's just a happening. Just like Kenneth Hagin said, he obeyed God one time and nothing was working. And he went to God and was telling him, ah, I obeyed you. Your word says, if I'm willing and obedient, I will eat the good of the land. God said, hey, look at the scripture. He said, that is it. I'm, I obeyed you. Because it was to choose between two churches to pastor. One was a very large church that would pay him better. The other one was a smaller church. And the Holy Spirit said, I would have you go to that smaller church because there are certain things I would love you to teach them. So he obeyed. So he said to God, I obeyed you. Why is my finances like this? Why is it like that? God, Jesus said, read the verse. Everything be willing and obedient. And then suddenly, the light. If ye be what? Willing. And you can obey and not be willing. Said so you're not willing. You don't really like that church like that. He said, ah, yes, you are correct. He said, if it's willingness, I'm ready. Said so he sat down and just... <laughs> And then things began to change. Purity of motive. Why do you want to prosper so far? Why do you want the things to happen so fast? God loves speed. Oh, he loves you to fly or to soar like the eagle. But it's not to show off in that sense. No, no. No, it's not to be able to prove a point to somebody that I'm able to do it better than you. No. no. That's why when people share testimonies at times, it's a thin line between boasting and glorifying God. And the Holy Ghost had warned me about that several years. And that's why sometimes the testimonies stop. Have you ever noticed that many of the big things that happened in the life of Jesus, he would tell them not to say it to anybody. How many of our new generation pastors can stay with that? How do you heal the madman of Gadara and not start your message with that? If I don't, know, I don't need to start the message with that, I will be carrying him all along. Oh yeah, share your testimony. <laughs> Speak. But he even told the guy, don't follow me. See how secure he was. He said, don't follow me. The guy wanted to follow. He said, no, no, go and tell your family how you are healed. And don't tell anybody. Why, 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 why are you talking? Are you glorifying God or glorifying self? It limits your speed. Number two, um, persistent prayer of faith. We're going to read through Luke 18. I, I believe in speed. I still pray for speed. I, I believe, as Pastor uh, May said, that there are many, there's so much to accomplish for God that we don't have the time. And God, does, God hates waste. So I don't want to waste energy in the wrong direction. I want speed. When you know where you're going, you gain speed. Not here and there. But there are things that only the persistent prayer of faith will deliver. And many of us need this dimension. There are things, I mean, let's read. He said, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to. That means there are things you are asking about that it appears like it's not going to work. And then you stop praying about it. Verse 2. 
saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man, verse 3, now there was a widow in that city, she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary, verse 4, and he would not for, please take note of that, he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, um, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by a continual coming she weary me. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. Verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though, though he bears long with them. So I realized that there are certain things you want to manifest in your life. Powerful stuff that you are praying about it. It looks like God is not even hearing you. Many just throw it out of the window and they don't get to receive it. He says, shall not God avenge his own elect who cry day and night to him, though he bears long with them, verse, verse 8. I tell you that he will what? Before they experience the speech, it will appear like he's not responding. So nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Before our church started, um, I prayed for two things for like two, one and a half years with fastings. Two things. Wisdom and favor. Oh, I said, Father, you have to give me this wisdom. <laughs> I'm sure they knew in heaven then that when I would knock, they say he has come again. <laughs> it's wisdom. Oh, Lord, I've never done this before. This is ministry work. Help me. I'm a young man. Give me wisdom. Give me favor. Your word says you gave uh, Solomon wisdom exceeding much. You gave Solomon. You must give me. You must give me wisdom to administer people, wisdom to lead people, wisdom to multiply resources. I'm asking you. In fact, your word says I should ask you. And you won't call me a fool. For more than a year. And I'm still asking. Because wisdom is the principal thing. As uh, Dr. K said, I, I learned on time that when, when, when power of God is, is real, signs and wonders are real, if you don't walk in God's wisdom, you will spoil it. Wisdom is the principle. Then therefore get it. And with all that getting, so one of the ways you get it is by praying. I prayed. Ah, my God. I said, but I'm a young boy. Help me with wisdom. I don't want to misbehave. I don't want to handle it wrongly. Give me wisdom. Let it rest on my life. I'm not talking about prayer of petition where you are asking, Lord, you know, give me uh, these certain things that redefines your future. Certain things that changes a whole generation. I'm here now and Dr. K is saying, they say he's a man of wisdom. Now that, that was prayed through then. Certain things that will make an impact. Can you stay on it? Can you stay on it? For instance, marriage and family requires persistent prayers. I pray for my wife a lot. I learned many years ago that in a church, very few people pray for the pastor's wife. They like their pastor a lot. My father in the Lord. <laughs> they pray a lot for the pastor. At the end of the day, if you check the percentage of people that pray for your wife, maybe low. And prayer half-heartedly. Not like they pray for their pastor in that sense. So I pray for my wife a lot. A lot. That God's hand must rest upon her to protect her. Pastor, may God is so right. The rules of a wife is, 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 is amazing. She's, she's a mother. We have four beautiful daughters. She's uh, a daughter. Her parents are still alive. She's a pastor. Too many things. And she's your wife. And sometimes I wonder how she survives. And you, and you shift those roles in a day at times. Your mom is calling you. And a member of church is, you know, seeking counsel. And your husband also needs attention. She needs prayer. Pray for your children persistently. You shape their future. We have four daughters. I'm already calling their husbands. Ah, yes. A wrong husband can change the entire equation of a family. Wherever that man is, Holy Ghost, put your hand on her head, on his head. Let him be better sons to me than their daughters to me. Do you understand that? So somebody says, I have eight children. Fine. Four daughters plus their husbands. Persistent prayers 
deliver speed. And another thing you want to pray for is the hand of God. Psalms 44 verse 3, pray for the hand of God on your life. And I'm, I'm praying that tomorrow, uh, as Reverend George comes to minister to us, the hand of God will rest upon us afresh. I just began to see the place of the hand of God. He said, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand. Right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. It appears that the release of that favor is in that hand. Then pray for that hand. <laughs> your right hand does valiantly. Glory to God. You remember the story of Elijah? Is it Elijah? And the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the chariots of Ahab. Chariot. So you carry that line. Lord, your hand rested on Elijah. Let your hand rest on Yemi David's afresh. For this assignment in 2022, for 2023, let your hand rest on me. Acts 11, 21. I saw that for every minister of the gospel here. It's the hand of God that makes outreaches work. Evangelistic efforts work. Acts 11, 21. And the hand, somebody said the hand of the Lord. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And then what happened? A great number of, a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Turn so you cannot just be doing publicity and outreaches. When the hand of the Lord is involved, there will be multitudes. There will be impact. The hand of the Lord. Then pray about it persistently. Lord, let your hand rest on my business. Let your hand rest upon my household. Lord, I'm asking, you know, when I'm talking to God at times, I'm sure God laughs. I'm left-handed. So I'm, I was not happy when I keep seeing the right hand of the Lord. <laughs> now what happened to your left hand? <laughs> and then when you look at the end times, they won't get to heaven, they put some people on the right. <laughs> I said, we're not likely to put me that left hand because I'm left hand. Autumn in Yoruba land is the next city king. He's seated where? At the right hand. That's a story for another day. Pray for the right hand of the Lord. And then number three. Are we okay? What's the first thing I mentioned? Do you understand that? Okay. Number two is what? Persistent prayer. Okay. That woman was persisting. It looked like nothing was happening. But the moment it begins, it will give back to speed. It will avenge them speedily. You need to persist until the thing that begins to happen that it even overwhelms you. Many don't persist to that phase. They lose heart. Ah, I've prayed about it. Derek Prince said he prayed for a certain number of years for certain manifestation of the gift of the Spirit in his ministry. But when they started, ah... Okay, the power of counsel. This is very simple. Uh, Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 15, 22. Um, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. This is one area that most believers need to up their game because we have the Holy Spirit and we hear from God, but there are many things that he, the same Holy Spirit had put in people to help you gain speed. You know, I was flying in uh, yesterday and I bought uh, a ticket. I just did this in the office, you know, just trying to get myself ready for the trip to Chicago. And the ticket I bought was to take me like five hours to get here. And I was thinking, great, because I just assumed that Ontario to Chicago, from one country to another. And then I sent Dr. K the ticket that I've already bought this ticket. I don't want to trouble you, sir. I said, no, 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 let me just see the ticket. When he saw it, he shouted. When he, we were chatting, he said, ah, five hours. That the journey is just one hour and a half hours. Eee. So you can be doing something that could have taken you one year for five years. Because you didn't ask. Ask. Pride is an enemy of speed. I know too much. I'm, I'm older than him. Be careful of this older brother syndrome. It's a very dangerous one. It has kept people, many people down. Ask. I, I'm telling you. Ask. There's a story I share. Uh, it looks very crude. When I was in, in the university, the Holy Spirit taught me that when you are in a particular year, Go and ask those who have gone ahead how they survived, how they succeeded, and how they failed so you can avoid their mistakes. Very simple principle. So in my second year, I'll go and meet those in the third year. What happened? There was a particular <laughs> set. 80% of them failed in a particular course. I went to meet them. Why did you fail this exam? 
I said, don't mind that lecturer. He's just a wicked man. I said, what happened? They said, uh, you know, when you attend his classes, he gives you marks. So don't miss his classes. Very simple. He looks very simple. And his classes are on Fridays, 4 p.m. <laughs> so a lot of people used to travel, you know. So one day he came to class, and I, and I used to preach a lot on campus, fellowships outside our campus, but because of that counsel. So one day he came to class, the class was a bit scanty, and he said, okay, write down your names, you know, like they do in our client, write down your names. So he gave us five marks each. So at the end of that particular semester, we didn't have any continuous assessment. It was very busy. He just multiplied it by eight straight. I had 36 over 60 in the exam, which I, I was not happy with. But 36 plus 40 equals what? And I had friends that had 38 over 60, but they traveled. 38 plus zero. But, but you're laughing, but you see, that's how life is. Somebody is having 76, A. Somebody else is failing, not because they're not intelligent, but they do not ask. It can happen in marriage. Somebody is having a great time in this marriage, and somebody else is saying marriage is bad, it's a lie. Don't generalize your experience. Every man, every man, every man is bad. I'm not a bad man. Every woman in America is a lie. Can you 76 to 38? In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Ask. Nicodemus, out of the Pharisees or Sadducees, was humbly. Others, others were criticizing Jesus, were reacting, you know. He just went by night. Sir, sir, can I see you, sir? Before you came, all our synagogues were empty. We would shout, we would dress, we would robe, nothing. And then you came. You don't even have a synagogue or a temple. They are following you. What is the secret? Ask. And that was where that phrase, born again, came from. Because somebody asked. If you're a student here, you're a single woman or man, whatever thing you are in ministry, I'm still asking. Don't sit down there and just say, I know everything. I, nobody can teach me. You just, you can't gain speed that way. Just one, one statement across the phone can change your life. Oh, I've, I've had things from my powerful mentors. Just one statement. Avoid this thing. It cost us 10 years in our ministry. Wow. Wow. You just gained 10 years. They didn't know. And they made the mistake. It cost them 10 years. And they are now telling you, avoid this thing. It can cost you 10 years. You just saved 10 years. Business owners, entrepreneurs, and, uh, and entrepreneur. Many of them, you know, and I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> ask I know you have a powerful business plan everything is set go and ask the man that has been entrepreneuring since in the city of Chicago ask him set a day, sit him down buy the lunch and ask him how did you survive in this city for 30 years many of those things are not in books this alone can change your story <laughs> Just one statement, Dr. Samadayemi, many years ago, only dead men, he said to me, only dead men succeed in marriage. I didn't understand. I said, oh, I was just about to get married. So only, only dead men succeed in marriage. I said, mm. He said, if you have to take everything your wife tells you, you won't succeed in marriage. Yeah. When I now got married, when your wife tells you, you don't love me. If you, if you don't understand that statement, you can start counting, I don't love you, I bought you a Mercedes Benz. I don't love you, I bought you, I bought you the, uh, It has expired. It has expired. Men are logical, women are... Men, men, men are logical, women are emotional. Ours is one plus one equals to two. For a woman, one plus one is not equal to two. It depends on the state of the ones. If one of them has COVID, it cannot equal to two. 
<laughs> we, are, we are very different. Even our physiological makeup for the man. So men try to make women think like them. And the women try to make the men think like them. Your wife can never be a man. And your husband can never be a woman. We are very different. Women are more relational. Of course, smoother than us. We came from... (laughs) So a man can use a boxer shirt that has expired. (laughs) That even the manufacturer, when he sees it, will sue you. (laughs) What is this? This was not the way... This was not the way we gave it to you. So when I use the toilet at home, you know where we pee at times? You sprinkle all around the thing. Everyone doesn't like that. But that's how we are. Ask younger people, ask older people about marriage. I'm begging you. Don't just be preparing for the day. Prepare for the life. The day is gone. Now you live the reality. Ask young ladies, ask older ones. Is that woman in church? She's been married for 15 years, 25 years. Just ask her. Young men, stop just ask them how, how do you, how, how you survive, sir? 20 years of marriage, 23 years. And he will tell you some things. Even areas where he missed it, you gain from it. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Number four, this time is running. Power of sacrificial giving. Anna broke the back of physical barrenness by sacrifice. One of the things that provokes speed in life is sacrificial giving, as raw as it is. Even Abraham birthed the nation of Israel when he sacrificed Isaac. Anna got it. I, I, I'm amazed when I, when I see the story of Anna because she was barren and then the very first one many people would just hold on tight to that that ah, thank God I want is okay, at least they know that I can give back to a child and she now said okay, I will give him to you all the days of his life and then in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 21 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 21 He says, and the Lord visited Anna so that she conceived and bore. If you add somewhere to that, almost six children. But she broke it through sacrificial giving. The the property where we're in today, um, we're looking for a property in Lagos, Nigeria, and who had put it just about maybe eight years ago or something. And we had some money in the bank, you know, five million naira. I think that, that time was like $35,000, you know, when the exchange rate was still exchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was in a meeting uh, of a particular ministry. They were having a project. And the Lord said, I want you to give the entire thing to that ministry. <laughs> I bind you, Satan. <laughs> Every spirit, I bind you. Coincidentally, there was a senior colleague in ministry beside me. And I mistakenly saw his own check that he wrote for that project in that ministry. It was 250,000 naira. And I said to God, see now. <laughs> see my senior in quote, 2250. He said, I should now do 5 million. I said, never. He said, do it. Of course, I'm not sure the devil will tell you to give. I'm not, I'm not really sure. So I just put up the check on behalf of the ministry. We gave it. And I said, you've killed us. We have died today. Ah, because it took us time at that time to put it together. And then just a few moments after we located the expanse of land, we call it good land today. Paid, you know. When we moved in, I'd forgotten about that seed. And then the Holy Spirit now said, which one do you want? That five million or this? I said, take it, take it, take it. (laughs) Nothing provokes. What we have now, some don't get it for 30 years in the the city of Lagos, inside Lagos, not in the outskirts. 
Nothing provokes spirit like sacrificial giving. And there are times the Holy Spirit will make a demand on your ministry, make a demand on your family, make a demand on yourself to turn things around. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless return with speed. All those things that are just happening logically by, by slow, slow, the thing will just break the protocol, scatter the sequence by the hand of God. Even the, the, the life of Christ we're enjoying now is a product of sacrifice. He died on the cross. And we're all here, several billions all over the world, serving God. And we call ourselves the seed of Abraham. Can you imagine that? So in case the Holy Spirit prompts you at any time in your business, in your life, something that will make you kind of die, you know that if this happens, I'm dead. But when you die like that, you resurrect. Anna died. You understand that? Because I can imagine her, okay, if the child now stays in the temple, I will still be alone in the village or in the town, wherever she lives. No child to run around to even make me feel I have a miracle. It's like it's done, it's gone. Or is it Abraham that one begotten child and then it's even, it's even very, very, very unique to sacrifice the child. Many people don't know that even Isaac sowed the seed that day. He was a teenager. Can you imagine me as a teenager, my dad, on a mountain? And then you have put the wood and everything. And then he's saying, uh, it's time for sacrifice. I said, yes, daddy. Where's the sacrifice? The Lord said to me yesterday, it's you. <laughs> it was amazed that while they're waiting in heaven, it's my father they would just say, appear in heaven. Ah. As a teenager... Isaac would have carried Abraham straight. Who should go to heaven first? At that age, 100 plus? No, no, no. this is a worthy sacrifice. That Isaac was able to even stay on the wood and be. Ah. Praise the Lord. Number five, hospitality. Dr. K, um, I have five minutes, but um, Reverend George, give me time. <laughs> we'll pay you back when you come to the <laughs> Hospitality, Hebrews 13, verse 2. Hospitality gives speed. Hospitality. Hebrews 13, verse 2. Glory to God. I hope you're learning. Yes. I hope we're receiving. He said, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. How you treat people, kindness and care. Because many of the things we pray about in the domain of man, God would use them to move you. But many times when we pray, we, we tamper with the process because we don't know how to treat people. Abraham was given to kindness. Please study the life of Abraham. You come across his house. He's always up and down. What do you want to eat? Hospitality is king. Ladies that are trusting God to get married, don't only greet men that have cars in the church that dress fine. And you see another brother in church that doesn't look like what you want. And you go, hmm, hello. Don't stand by with my prayer. And unknown to you, the one that has a car is close to the one that doesn't have a car. And then you treated the one that does not have a car wrongly. And the one that has a car is not asking the one that does not have a car for counsel. Should I marry Caroline's? <laughs> Sorry if you are Caroline. <laughs> and he tells Samuel, don't go near her. She doesn't even greet. We're going to go through some verses now. Genesis 24 verse 10. I'm grateful I learned this on time. Honoring people. Young, old, black, white. Of your faith, of not your faith. Because you can't tell which one is an angel. Angel in the sense that the one that will speak about you. Someone somewhere is having a conversation about you. The question is, what are they saying? Oh, she's okay. Oh, she's proud, prideful. Oh, he's, you know. And those kind of conversations determine people's destiny a whole lot. Names fly in board meetings a lot. I've been in powerful meetings, I'm telling you. And you see names coming, should this one do this one? And they say, no, 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 no. 
what, what, what do I do? No. And somebody says, oh, yes, sir. Now, Abraham had uh, Isaac, and Isaac was to get married. And Abraham sent his um, chief of staff, his name is Eliezer, to go, to go and get a wife for Isaac. What a, what a powerful project, isn't it? Because Isaac was to inherit the blessing of Abraham. Can you imagine that, that, that status? That they're looking for the woman that fits that man. So he sent his chief of staff. So look at this story. Uh, story, story. <laughs> then the servant, that's chief of staff, took ten of his master's camels and departed for all his master's goods by his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor, verse 11. And he made his camels to kneel, uh, kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the evening time, the time when women come out to draw water. Please imagine the scenario. Then he said, Oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Please, can you help me with this verse in King James Version? This verse 12. This particular servant is very wise. And he said, Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, what do you do? Send. Can you lift your right hand where you are before I pray? I say, Lord, send me good speed. The second half of this year, in all my endeavors, ministry, world, business, Lord, send me good speed. Let me not waste time. Let me not waste resources. Let me not waste energy. Send me good speed, oh Lord. I'm a covenant child bought by the blood of Jesus. Let the angels of God accelerate my journey. All the projects I'm involved with, all the academic matters, send me good speed. Because that project is a major project. It's like saying, come into a part of Chicago and look for a wife. How do you get a wife? How do you get a woman? You do project fame. You do all kinds of things. Interviewing everyone. How are you? It can take you a whole year. Send me good speed. Show my master Abraham kindness. Verse 13. Glory to God. Behold, I stand here by the well of water. And the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Verse 14. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she said, and she said, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be the one that you have appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness to my master. This prayer is a prayer of hospitality. A servant's heart. Not the most beautiful girl in town or the most handsome man in the city. I want, I want a woman that can serve that no matter how great the family is, she can still serve. Verse 15. And it came to pass before he had even finished speaking that behold, Rebekah came out <laughs> who was born of Bethlehem, son of Mary, and now Abraham's brother with a picture upon her shoulder. Verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon. Beauty is not a virgin. Then that any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her picture and came up. Now look at the drama. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. Verse 18. And she said, Drink, my Lord. Katsi. Katsi. She never met him before. Drink, my Lord. How do you call people? How do you talk to people? When they're talking to you, don't speak with your nose. Respond clearly. Good morning, good morning. Don't answer phone calls like that. Speak clearly. Honor people. Drink, my Lord. She doesn't even know what is at hand. She was just being a Rebecca self. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted. Stop dragging your feet. When you are sent on an errand, you are given an assignment in the office. You know, if I ask you to help me fetch a, a cup of, a glass of water, you can go and then do it wrongly. You can, oh, are they sending me every time? You know, what about my brother? What about my sister? What about my cousin? And then you come with the water. That spoils everything. That's why God loves a cheerful giver. Doing it is not just the doing it. How are you doing it? She hasted. She would have just carried that bucket and said, all oh, these strangers that come to our town every time. I don't even know why I came to the water at this time. Self. I should have waited at home. <laughs> if I don't help him now, they will say, our city is not good. And you are carrying it. She hasted. About what? Serving. And she let her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. Verse 19. And when she had done, when she had done giving him drink, who said, I will draw water for thy camels also. 10. 
150 liters per camino. And I will not just do it so that they can just manage overnight until I will satisfy them. I will complete my task. She initiated the task. Not that the man had to beg her, I'm okay now, please. My camera is too, I need them to travel back in a few days' time. Can you? No, she said I will do it. This should be your attitude at work, with your clients, in the church, because you don't even know what is at stake. That Eliezer is an angel to Rebecca, but she didn't even know. And she said, and when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. Verse 20. And she hasted. Can you imagine the scenario? Just like, you think she knew him from somewhere. Just, up, okay, are they okay? Is this camel okay? Up and down and serving and serving. And she ran again onto the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. Verse 21. And the man wondering, wow, learned to exceed expectations. He was wondering, Atta held this piece to Are there still people like this in Chicago? Are there still people like this in Lagos, Nigeria? Whether is it that God is answering my prayer or this is a Yahoo Yahoo woman? <laughs> is it real? Or did she know that something is at stake? Is she, is she trusting God to get married? And they told her that I came for such a. You know, he was wondering. <laughs> Verse 22. And it came to pass, as the camels are done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of a half a shekel of weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels worth of gold. The rest is history. Her destiny was sorted out that day, maritally, financially, spiritually. The power of hospitality. Never outgrow serving. Destroy the boss mentality. It's very destructive. Don't ever have passed that level. Which level? That was why Jesus washed their feet. To tell them this is how greatness comes and this is how we sustain greatness. Peter, I'm washing your feet. I'm your master. I'm your Lord. You've seen me do miracles, but I can still wash your feet. When we stop serving, we stop moving forward. I tell our folks in our church, I thank God you are a pastor, you are this. Never stop serving. It oils your covenant wheels. It, it, it refreshes your life. It helps you to grow the virtue of humility. Because pride is one of the greatest enemies of greatness. But the, the higher we go, the humbler we must become. Learn to bend your back at times on things. Don't pass the office and say, that work is for them. For who? You see a trash on the floor in the office is for the cleaners. So where are you? To be cleaned for. Pick it up and put it in the, in the bin. Never stop serving. Never stop caring for people. When you meet them everywhere, you can't even tell who will mention. Look at Joseph. He was so. Sir, we, we just gloss over it. Do you know what it means for your brothers to sell you? We just read it and praising you. You don't stand like this. And your brothers. And in those days, when they're checking slaves, they check your thing. And they are now pricing. Your brother say 30. The person say now pay 25. On your head, oh. you will hate them for life. Ah, you can never forget. And then you saw the one that one of them, I think it's uh, Levi or Simon. No, 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 30, 30, 30. You can't be below 30. For human being. And check his teeth. Our father likes him a lot. Even he's better than us. Check his teeth very much. Check his chest. And then after they agreed on the price. When they are taking away slaves, they don't put them in a gift bag. They giddy them. You know what giddy means? Giddy. You know what giddy means? To giddy somebody. It's a derivative of Yoruba language. They, they will hold and throw you into the caravan or tie your hand and drag you along. That was why Joseph was screaming his brother's name. And he was a young star. Ah. If you're in prison that way, you should be depressed every day not having time for any other person. But in the midst of his own situation, he was still able to talk to the butler and the baker. Why are you sad? You shouldn't be asking people, why are you sad? You should be telling them, I'm a sadist. I'm sadder, I'm sad. I'm sad. My own is sad. What, what happened to you? You dream. Me, they sold me. Go on, sit down. Do you understand that? He was asking, why are you sad? Why are you sad? Why are you sad? You should be telling you should not be sad. Have they sold you before? Why are you sad? 
and he was interpreting their dreams. And they were the ones that mentioned him. Somebody is watching you that is capable of blessing you. Just serve. Semi-finally. Prompt obedience helps with speed. I, I, I saw something about the signs and wonders that Jesus Christ did. And one of the things I realized is that there are some things that in your life, you just obey immediately. I don't know why I'm saying this. I think this is also prophetic. Many times people miss this, a particular cycle because they delayed obeying. Look at when Jesus Christ said, fill the water pots with water. All right? That's an instruction. Do you know that if you come there the next day and fill the water pots with water, will it turn to wine? It's time sensitive. Oh, you're praying for acceleration in your business, in your career, or maritally. God maybe had given you an instruction and you are delaying. You are the one holding yourself down. There are things in my life and ministry, if I wasn't prompt, who would have missed it? Prompt obedience. Take the plunge. That day, I mean, that was the second time we'd be giving a sacrifice as a church at that time. If you sleep over it, by the next morning, budgeting will enter your head. All the needs will come, and then you will, you will explain God's instruction away. Or is it Abraham? Go and read about Abraham. When God spoke to him, scripture, the next early morning, he just moved Isaac. There's no record that even told Sarah. Can you imagine Abraham telling Sarah, ah, Sarah, come, come, please. Sarah, God has spoken again. He hey, hey, hey. has spoken again. Yes. Ah, you know, I like to hear what God is saying. But this one is very tough. We obey God. Are you sure, Sarah? Yes. God said, we should go and sacrifice our only begotten son. He spoke to me. He spoke to you. He spoke to you. Our son or you? <laughs> no, he said our son. That I want to know that I love him. Yeah, okay, no problem. We will be. Go and sleep. <laughs> Just go and sleep. <laughs> you think Abraham will wake up to see the mother and child? <laughs> we just wake up, Isaac. Isaac, do you want to live longer? <laughs> do you want to live longer? Mommy, why, why can't you ask him? Like, God has spoken to him again. You know why God speaks to him? <laughs> it doesn't delay. God says, she come and sacrifice you. Mommy, you or me? He said, you. He said, God, and he's very sure. <laughs> when the brown wakes up, they would have reached Egypt. <laughs> but he took Isaac on time and moved. Genesis 24, verse 55. Beware of delayed tactics of Satan. Many people have been counseled into delay. This Abraham's story that we just read, uh, Rebecca. There's a man in the Rebecca's family. He's an apostle of delay. You know his name? You should know him. Laban. That gave Jacob two wives under 14 years. That's Rebecca's brother. But her brother and her mother said, eh, let the young woman stay with us a few days at least. Ten days after that, she may go. Verse 56. <laughs> 56. And he said to them, do not hinder me. Tell your neighbor, do not hinder me. <laughs> Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away so that I may go to my master. Ten days, what if COVID hits her? <laughs> I'm telling you, what if she has typhoid fever? And then ten days become, when she's well, you will go. Ten days can become one month. Ten days. And he said to them, do not hinder me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away so that I may go to my master. Verse 57. <laughs> so they said, okay, we will call the young woman and then ask her personally. Verse 58. <laughs> then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, that man came in in the evening. By the next morning, he was on his way back. You will not waste your life. We will not waste resources. What taught me was that that was the only one. That speed. That speed. 
the right project, the right step. And the next morning she was on, on, on his way back. On his way back. So I close. Before the pandemic, we were building uh, something in church, a, a structure. We brought in some equipment from Asia, very powerful, hundreds of millions of naira. What's supposed to, you know, thank God it didn't even arrive before uh, the pandemic. But to set it up was another thing. The, the, the floor alone was about 66 million of Nigerian naira. And the pandemic showed up. Church was shut down in Lagos for like six or seven months. And I was saying, Lord, we're supposed to dedicate this thing in 2019 or so. With this pandemic now, what will happen? I was scared. So I said, well, Lord, what do we do? Because there's no money on ground to do this thing. What, how do we do it? He said, go to Isaiah 54. And I know Isaiah 54. I know it. So I said, I won't go there in my mind. I didn't say that. <laughs> and the reason I won't go there is because I, that can be the answer. You know, we, we look for supernatural, I mean, uh, what, what did they say? We look for spectacular things and miss the supernatural. I, I know Isaiah 54. I know that's verse. That can be the answer. I need a powerful revelation. I need you to tell us to fast for 40 days. Come, Badaya. He said, go there. I said, okay, I will go. Sing, oh Baron. You have not born. You have not born. Sing. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. Why? For more are you not desolate than you not the married man, says the Lord. Verse 2. Verse 2. Glory to God. For you, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the cause of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. I love this verse. Yes, amen. Amen. You know, strengthen your stakes. Then when I go to verse 3, I started shouting, yes, yes, Lord. Say, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your people shall take over Lagos. You know, I said, amen. Verse 4. <laughs> verse 4. He said, do not fear. Don't worry. I'm going to do something. Shame will be removed from you. I said, God, what is the answer to all these things? He said, the answer is in verse 1. I said, go back to verse 1. I want to go back to verse 1. He said, sing. The very first word, he said, sing. Sing. He said, don't wait to be fruitful before you sing. You sing to be fruitful. In ministry, in business, you sing. I said, sing. I said, God, this thing, we can pray. He said, sing. We did 21 days in the history of our church. First time, 21 days of singing. One hour every day. In my family, we'll be dancing. We have all those on uh, YouTube. You know, we see my wife and I, we'll just be dancing. I said, God, so now I'll be dancing at home. I'll be saying, hey, shaking you. Oh, okay, man. What is that in English? <laughs> that, because, you know, I want to pray. I want to bind every anti financial demon. He said, sing. So we're singing, and then I started, and then the Holy Ghost now began to consolidate. God inhabits the praises of his people. When Jehoshaphat had a challenge, they, were, they prayed and fasted, but they, it was when they were singing that things happened. So, okay, okay. And Paul and Silas, they were in the inner prison. Oh, they had prayed, but the answer did not come when they were praying. But they sang, and it was not slow. It was not nearer, my God, you know. They were singing. And then God came down. So we're singing. The last day of the singing, one of our leaders called me and said, Pastor, I need to see you on, on Monday morning. I said, oh, there's no problem. He said, yes, I wanted to buy a property in Abuja. And God said, I should not buy the property. Abuja is in Nigeria, capital of Nigeria. He said, I should give the money to the project. I said, what did you say? <laughs> he said, yes, God has been troubling me. I still have the money. And I said, are you sure God told you? He said, yes. He said, will you, will you be at home on Monday morning? Of course. Of course. Of course. He came on Monday morning. He works in an oil company. He came and brought foreign currency. Bundles. Back. I prayed with him. When he left, I said, Lord, I will sing. I will sing. I will sing. Rise up on your feet. I will sing. I will sing. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. 
Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworon Shoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness. Achieve greatness.